I'm Lee Schneider. This is the Future of Food. In this series of podcasts for season three, we're going to look at how restaurants can make it in these strange times. Just this week, we had another order to close the restaurants here in Los Angeles. No dine-in service, inside or out. Just takeout and delivery. Right away, some owners decided that it's just not worth it. They shut their doors. They're going to try to wait it out. Maybe they'll reopen after the latest order to close is lifted. Maybe not. Disruptions make us look for solutions. There's really no choice because restaurants are the soul of a neighborhood. We need restaurants and they need us. I wanted to hear from an insider about this situation. I found the perfect person for today's episode. She has her own podcast, so I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, my name is Grace Goober. I am the host and producer of the Family Meal podcast, available on all your favorite streaming platforms. And I cover stories about the restaurant industry and COVID-19. I talk about issues and news relating to the restaurant industry. And I also interview co-workers of mine and friends in the industry and talk about how the pandemic has affected their life. So service and restaurants have become another kind of a frontline worker, really. Do you find yourself explaining the rules a lot? Every day, every shift, every day. I'm always explaining the rules to people. And I feel bad because I know people, for the most part, are really good intentioned. I know that they don't mean to break the rules. I know that they're trying to be aware and conscious of what we're doing. But there's something about going to a restaurant and sort of returning to normal life that people just wipe their brain about COVID. They just completely forget. And I can't blame them because when you're working, you know, out in the real world and on the front lines of this issue and you're dealing with a lot of people every day, you're thinking through things that nobody has asked you to think through. Nobody's expected you to think through. So, like, for example, we not because it was state regulated, but because we felt it was important, we were cleaning the bathrooms in between each person. So we would tell you when you sat down, okay, if you need to use the restroom, ask the server, our bathroom attendant will come escort you to the restroom, and then we'll clean it in between each person. And the first person at the table who had to use the restroom always did that. They were always like, okay, let me get my server. And then they'd be walked in, they'd put on their mask, you know, they would do everything. And then it was always the second person that went, so where's the restroom? And that person would go, oh, you just go in the building and you turn left and they'd be walking to the building and we're like, um, hello, that's not the rule. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And okay, go back to your table. The attendant will get you. So I know people are trying, but I do have to reiterate the rules constantly. It is that kind of weird thing where... I'm just going out to eat and your mind just turns off. It's like, this seems normal. It's like the times that I walk out of the house without a mask and I, I get halfway down the block and go, wait a minute. It's exactly the same this thing. This is not, yeah. Which so kind of speaks highly to what we're doing, right? Like, I'm happy that I get to provide a moment for you where you can forget about the pandemic, but it's my job to remember the pandemic. Does it Has it changed enormously just in the way you feel about going to work, the the way you start the work day? It's absolutely different. I mean, I'm now 
like I always say that my job description has never entailed preventing the spread of infectious diseases. Like that's I'm not trained to do that. I'm trained to carry three plates on my arms and to get you cocktails and recommend wines for you. That's my job. It has never been, okay, I have to make sure like if you touch this that I sanitize it after you go there and I have to make sure you don't get up and I have to make sure you sit down and that's never been my job before, you know? And I always feel bad because I would go to these tables and, you know, if it's not obvious, I'm a very like charismatic, like talkative server. I like to get to know my patrons, right? So in my introduction, talking to you, just saying how you're doing, I have to remind you about the rules and go through all these COVID rules before I can say, okay, what would you like to drink today? <laughs> what kind of wine are you looking for? Tell me a little bit about the kind of place you're working at. So I work at I would say kind of an upscale, fine dining-ish restaurant. So we were doing all outdoor dining and curbside pickup pretty much exclusively. We do not have enough indoor capacity to be profitable and sustainable at all. So we were doing everything outdoors. We had live entertainment with a stage. And so like three nights a week, we had performers that were all, you know, Broadway caliber performers. Um, And... You know, we had all these tables. We thankfully had a humongous outdoor space. So we had all our tables, you know, six feet apart, as many as we could fit. And yeah, it's a prefix kind of a menu. So you get an appetizer and a dessert and an entree. And then you get to see the show, obviously, when there's a show, brunch on Sundays, you know, that kind of thing. How are customers treating you? Have you had nice people or people who have gone into the a-hole zone or how has that gone? I'm very fortunate. I work at a restaurant where we tend to attract a very pleasant and lovely clientele by and large, and before COVID and during COVID. So I was very lucky for the most part. I had a lot of lovely people that were thankful to be out. I mean, one of the first weeks we were open, this didn't happen to me, but it happened to one of the other servers. She was tipped $500 and told, thank you for being here. Like, Thank you and thank you to everybody for being here and being out here. And we were all like, oh, my God, (laughs) we're all shocked, right? (laughs) It's crazy. And, you know, that was wonderful, right? And we had another instance where actually I myself fell sick and there was concern that maybe I had COVID. And I had obviously been there like every day that week. So we decided, okay, we're going to shut down the restaurant for the weekend while I can get tested. And so Mm. we called all of the people with reservations like, we don't know, but someone is sick and they've been there, so we want to close. And a lot of people were like, well, I really hope that person is okay. I really hope that employee is feeling better. I hope they come around. And then asked when they ended up coming back, like, did the employee have COVID? Are they okay? And we were able to say, you know, I didn't have COVID. I was very lucky. So they were like, no, she's completely fine. And everybody was happy about that. You know, you get the oddball jerk, you know, and we had a couple people who would come together as a group and they were very unpleasant to deal with. They clearly were in each other's bubble, right? So they had no problem commingling with each other without masks on. But we were very concerned with, yeah, but everybody else that's eating here tonight doesn't know you guys and isn't in your bubble and they don't know who you interact with. So and we don't know who you interact with. We want to be safe. Reading all the news stories I've been reading and also just seeing anecdotally, you hear all these stories about someone goes into a Trader Joe's and they freak out because they are told they have to wear a mask. But that doesn't seem to be the norm, at least what I'm seeing. Yes, that kind of story certainly makes the news. But what I'm seeing around, and I live in Santa Monica, Mm -hmm. what I'm seeing around in this neighborhood, people are generally wearing masks. And if they're not, they're crossing the street. 
people are taking care. Yeah, I think people for the most part, you know, here in Jersey, our cases are really high right now. They're back to where they were in April, which is very concerning, um, especially as we head into the holiday season. But for the most part in the summer, people were being, I felt, as careful as they could be, given that they really didn't know the extent to which you have to think this kind of thing through. I had one you know, one couple at one of my tables and another group of four at another one of my tables. And I didn't know this, but they knew each other. And so after one of them was leaving, they actually pulled up two chairs and sat with those four people. I'm like, you know, that's not a problem for you guys. But now these two people are close to another table. They're not six feet from them anymore. And I'm like, you know, these people don't know you. You can't be that close to them. So I had to very like gingerly tell them like, can you just sit like over here away from everyone else? And they were like, oh, okay, that's fine. But they didn't think it really through. So most people are nice. I have to I have to say it's, it's restored a little bit of my faith in humanity, just a little bit, but that might be because of where I live. <laughs> well, servers and people who work in restaurants have always been psychologists, and they always have to deal with people so much. But now it's up to 11. You know, the dial has turned up to 11 on yeah. that. Yeah. I had an older woman once who she she came out And she was very concerned because there was another table nearby her where the women had taken off their mask. They were seated and I assured her, you know, your tables, these are more than six feet apart. There's practically no one else here. And she was like, okay, you know, she was clearly very cautious. So I would, you know, I wouldn't approach their table while they had their masks off and were eating. I would stand very far away and like wave and I'd be like, are you okay? Is everything good? And, and then walk away. And, you know, I was always, we were always gloved. We were changing our gloves anytime we touched something on their table. So at the end of the night, I went over to her and I was asking her how everything was. And she's like, I have to tell you, I walked out of a restaurant yesterday because I didn't feel like it was safe enough. And I was so safe here tonight. And it's really just, this was a wonderful evening. She told me it was her birthday. She hadn't even told me that. I was like, oh, it's your birthday. I would have given you a candle. I was like all annoyed. Mm -hmm. But I could tell that she had been so tense going into this, so apprehensive. And just over the course of the day, I saw her just relax and enjoy herself. And that was so rewarding. Do you think we're going to see permanent changes in the outdoor dining, in the prepping for takeout. There's so many things that they feel like small adjustments, but they might actually be big adjustments. What's your sense of that? You know, I I certainly think you you might see all of this come back, even if we didn't have to, right? I think next summer you could totally have restaurants that say, you know, it's so cool what we did outside. That was wonderful. Mm -hmm. And people loved it regardless of whether or not it was because of COVID. That was what our feeling was at our restaurant. We had always wanted to do something outdoors with music and use the big space we had, but it was always like, ugh, like, that's going to be so much, and would people do it? And I think now, if we did it next year and we didn't even have to because of COVID, which, like, fingers crossed, people would kind of love it in a weird, like, this is so great, and I feel so nostalgic to, like, when we were all getting through COVID together. So as far as that, I I think that could definitely come back. I think takeout... You know, for me, I'm I'm in the fine dining sphere that never did takeout prior to that. It was right. it was not a thing. We had to do a lot of innovation of like, how do you do salmon takeout? Like, how do you let them reheat it and it doesn't get overcooked? And I think for some restaurants that'll stick and some it just won't. It kind of depends on the place. You know, I think the places that had it before COVID, they'll keep it, obviously. But some of the places that didn't have to do it are like, it's just not quite right. That makes sense to me. Because, uh, yeah, the, the taco places, the fast food kind of places, they're going to do it anyway. Right. But some places, higher end, it's been a big adjustment. And some have just not even bothered. Right. They're just, those places have just here, they've just closed. Yeah. The weather's turning there now, right? Is it getting a little colder? It's a little so, cold at night, yes. 
So what is the is the outdoor thing kind of backing off of that or you you have to stay in it? So we had for the whole month of September and October, we had a lot of patio heaters, which did really help. Um, they took mm-hmm. just the edge off and we still had some temperate nights, but we actually ended up just, we're usually seasonal anyway. We have a very weird setup. So we're usually seasonal anyway. We're never open in the oh. summer. So this was a weird, like, why are we open right now? So we actually just decided to close until we can figure out what we can do. Um, so we are closed officially for our season, quote unquote. What happens with profit? What happens to the staff? We get furloughed, you know, and it was unfortunate for us. We our bosses kind of decided we don't know when we can hire you back. We can't sustain this because profitability, as I mentioned, you know, we couldn't survive. If you did our indoor capacity and you did 20, we're at 25% capacity in New Jersey right now for indoor dining. If you did that, the number of people we could fit and the money we could make off of them isn't enough if just our executive chef was working. And she did everything. Like if she took your order and brought, cooked it and brought it out, it still wouldn't afford to pay her. So how could it afford to pay a staff? And, you know, we're usually a 12-person a crew, right, at least just on the floor. And so we couldn't have paid for that and you wouldn't have needed it. You would have needed like one server. And honestly, it would have probably been me and I would have had to volunteer my time. So we have just been kind of furloughed somewhat indefinitely. Um, with the understanding that's like, we get that you will have to look for other work. And we hope that when we come back, you will come back, but we understand if you can't. A lot of people don't know, I guess, if you're eating in restaurants, that it's just math. It's There's so many people that fit in the dining room, so many meals you can turn over, so many people you can hire. And when you have to be at 25% capacity, that's bad. That's a recipe to not make enough money to keep the place open. And in some cases, I did a whole episode about this, about how the supply chain was changing, right? So some of our suppliers were like, you may be down and you may have a limited capacity you're going to serve, but I can't sell you, you know, whatever, half a dozen rolls. I can't sell you a half a case of short Mm. ribs. I can't sell you, you know, only two sides of salmon. I'm going to sell you you know, whatever it is, six sides. I'm going to sell you two cases. That's my minimum. So you're sitting there going as a restaurant, okay, I have to order this amount that I know I can't sell before it goes bad. I, I Even if I'm at full capacity, which I won't be, I can't sell it. Um, because that's the other problem is that you're up against these minimum capacities, 25% capacity. That's assuming that whatever your 25% capacity is, you would fill. It's not a given that that many people will come and eat indoors. All the places around me, at least, that are indoors, I peek in the windows. It's not that many people. Even if their capacity is 15 or 20, there's maybe six. There's maybe three. You know, so you're not filling even at that capacity. You're still working with such, such tight, tiny profit margins. So what's your prediction? I know this is a hard question, but COVID is raging right now. The virus is out of control. We could look at sort of more of same for the next months, but how do you think the restaurant industry is going to be changed by all this, whether COVID slows down, whether it picks up again, whether it comes back? What are we really looking at, do you think? My perfect world, like dream optimistic view of it. I'm looking at a world where the restaurant industry is no longer a gig economy for workers. 
This is a place where when you work at a restaurant and you are a server, just like it is in other parts of the world and in Europe, you know, this is a career for you. You learn to do every position in the job. There are unions, there's job security, there's benefits. That's what I'm thinking because you're going to get down to dwindled staffs, right? You're going to have so many people leaving the industry forever because they need to find other work. I don't imagine that we are going to be back to business as usual for another year before it's like, yeah, indoor dining, 100% capacity, because I've even been thinking about this too, you know, there's going to be a threshold of capacity where without a vaccine, you can never be above that capacity. We don't know what that is. We're trying to figure it out. But you probably can't be at 75% capacity without a vaccine. Just probably not, no matter how slowly you build up to it. So if this is going to be the way we operate for a long time, you're going to have smaller and smaller staffs in general. And I think you're going to put a lot more value and emphasis on those employees because they do everything, right? There were weeks where I was the only waitress on staff. It was me, a manager, and our back of the house. And that was it. And I was food runner. I was bartending. I was waiting tables. I was doing everything, right? And I was valued for that reason because I could do all of it. But I still didn't. I wasn't part of a union. I didn't receive benefits for that. But that's where I'm looking for this industry to go, for it to be a much more respected kind of a career path that you have a special skill set that you provide. You're very versatile and you become really valuable to the restaurants you work at. In California, we'd hope for change with Proposition 22, the so-called gig workers law. It promised to give gig workers, Uber and Lyft drivers, delivery people, the status of employees with health benefits and more. Had it passed, it was voted down. Uber Eats, DoorDash, and other food delivery services take a cut off the top, charging restaurants to deliver your meal, cutting the restaurant's margin even thinner, or maybe eliminating it. If you order from a restaurant directly and come in to get your food, you'd be doing the restaurant a favor. As a consumer, I've been eating a lot of fast food since COVID happened because I'm just entirely too lazy and it's just too convenient. And I think of it as supporting restaurants. But the higher end, I can't even tell you the last time I've considered eating at a a taking out from a higher end restaurant. I looked at some of the ones in my area and it was like, okay, but it's a lot of money and it doesn't, you know, I'm not an expert on food. I, you know, I am, but I'm not. And some of the things I would see on the menus were like, I don't want that to go because it's not going to be hot or it's going to be kind of a weird temperature. It's going to carry over cook. Like, I don't, there was something about it that didn't ring true. So, you know, I'm definitely in that middle class tier of restaurants that's like, it's a little bit expensive for takeout. It's a much higher quality than takeout, but you're not going to do it on a Thursday night randomly and get it 15 minutes later, you got to call ahead and you got to look at what they're offering and you got to pick it up at a certain time. So, and again, just not every place has the physical space to do that, you know, and for most places it's completely not profitable. The pandemic has laid bare a kind of caste system for restaurants. In 2020, the fast food people like the drive-thrus, they're doing really well. Millions in profit keep rolling in. The very high end are suffering now, but many have a loyal clientele who will probably see them through this. Then there's the middle class, the casual neighborhood place, mom and pop. They will suffer the most, might not make it. Have you ever had to refuse someone because they weren't wearing a mask? I wish I could tell you how many times I've done that. Um, 
yes and no. I think mostly people try to just get away with it. They just see if they'll you'll be let in because you're not wearing a mask. And when they do get a hard stop, that's like, I'm not, I'm literally not opening this gate for you until you put on a mask. Then they begrudgingly like go back to their car and get the mask that they had. Um, we did refuse one couple. We did very firmly refuse them service because we also did temperature checks. We asked them these questions and we said, you know, could you just tell me if you answer yes or no to any of these questions? And they were like, I'm not answering that. And we were like, well, can we take your temperature? No. Do you have a mask? No. And we were like, well, then you can't come in. And they did eventually like agree to a temperature check and they said, no, I, I don't answer yes to those questions. And they wore masks, but they ended up walking on their bill. So we did the right thing. No. And <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> so we did the right thing and we got a little ripped off, but it, it worked out. It wasn't that much. So it was okay. A couple cups of coffee and a dessert. That's what we get for being nice, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just looking at some notes here and seeing that the LA Council, LA City Council, just said that restaurants can officially refuse people who don't wear masks. And, you know, it's been kind of a get into the philosophical argument thing. But here now, it's a law that if you go to a restaurant, you have to be masked. I think about it like no shoes, no shirt, no mask, no service. Yeah. And I'm, I'm only asking you to wear it until you sit down. And then you can take it off. Right. You, can, you don't even have to put it over yours. If you just hold it, I'll take it. Seems pretty reasonable. I thought so. Well, great. I think this is terrific. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really, I had a fun time. Hey, thanks for listening. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Get show notes and more at futurex.fm and our website, futurefood.fm. Future Food is part of the Future X Podcast Network. I'm Lee Schneider.